presented by Facebook. Hey, what's up, playbookers? I'm Rogan Munavolin. It's Thursday. And here's a question to keep in mind for today's show. Are we headed toward 2009 all over again? This is your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. After a devastating and embarrassing election night for Democrats, Speaker Nancy Pelosi and her caucus have redoubled their efforts to pass both the bipartisan infrastructure bill and build back better package this week. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer even announced Wednesday night that both bills could see a floor vote as early as today. For now, the GOP sweep in Virginia and the Dems' razor-thin victory in New Jersey seem to have done what months of negotiations on the Hill were unable to, scare moderates and progressives into getting in line and passing both the PIF and BBB. There's a sense in the party that if they just get something done, they might be able to reverse what looks like to be a rather devastating trajectory for the party some 369 days away from the 2022 midterms. In a sign of the times, Congressional Progressive Caucus Chair Pramila Jayapal even retweeted moderate leader Josh Geidheimer saying something of the sort Wednesday. That's not exactly a pairing that we see every day. But here's the big question for Democrats, one that they might not like the answer to. Will passing both the BIF and BBB really help the party in 2022? Ahead of Election Day, some prominent Democrats warned that failure to pass Biden's agenda would depress turnout among the Democratic base. Of course, voters did come out in record numbers. They just said something that Democrats didn't want to hear. The party seen as out of touch with the concerns of middle America and without a clear message on the issues that affect their lives. That reality check comes as the Democrats have boasted that their BBB proposals are popular, and those claims are supported by polling. And yet, election results from New Jersey to Seattle to Minnesota also showed Tuesday that many Americans think the nation is headed in the wrong direction. And there's no certainty that delivering on the Biden agenda can change that. So what are the takeaways from Glenn Youngkin's victory? It, of course, depends on your viewpoint. For Republicans, the Senate GOP is getting more comfortable with having Trump on their side. Having seen how Youngkin was able to walk the tightrope with his quasi-support, successfully even in a state that broke big for Biden last year, reports our own Burgess Everett, quote, Republicans are looking to Youngkin as a floor for how to deal with the former president, with Marco Rubio's easy Trump embrace as the ceiling. It may be a while before we know how Latinos voted in the election. One exit poll found that Youngkin won the by a stunning 12 points, while another said that they broke for Terry McAuliffe by 34. Okay, that's not useful, but everyone wants to know how this crucial and growing block of voters decided. But Politico's Sabrina Rodriguez and Mark Caputo report that going over the more granular data to determine the true story will take days. President Joe Biden's take, the president said Wednesday that Dems' losses, quote, underscored that the party needs to produce for the American people. But he pushed back against the notion that the off-year election results were a rejection of his presidency. He said that while Congress should have advanced the social spending package before Election Day, he's not sure it would have changed the results. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 10 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris will receive the President's Daily Brief. Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre will brief at 2 p.m. The House will meet at 10 a.m. Speaker Nancy Pelosi will hold her weekly press conference at 10.45. The Senate is in today. Anthony Fauci will testify before the HELP Committee at 10 a.m. All right, that's all I've got for you today. For more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Raghu Manavalan. Have a great Thursday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. 
That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety.